Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. This is Tony Toato. A few years ago, more than a few years ago now, I believe it was 2010, I spoke to Gareth Edwards, the director of a film called Monsters at New York Comic Con. We talked about how he made this particular film and how he used his background in special effects to craft the story. Here's Gareth Edwards. What I like what about this film that appeals to me is the fact that the way you you kind of attacked it was the story where a lot of the stuff you did handheld and shot it almost guerrilla style. And it's really the journey of these two people and what they experienced. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest criticisms, I mean, at least I have when I come out of uh, a lot of the blockbuster movies, or science, I love science fiction. I can, you know, it's, it's, if I was to be trapped in a genre for the rest of my life, I would race towards the science fiction room and, and get trapped in there. Um, but, uh, but a lot of modern science fiction, not all of it, but a lot of the modern stuff that, that, that Hollywood produces, the biggest criticism you have when you leave the cinema, or I have, is, is yeah, it was an amazing spectacle. It was a great-looking film, but I really didn't care about the characters, and I wasn't engaged in the story. And so my background is visual effects, and I'm really... The honeymoon is over with, with visual effects. Like, I, I have a terrible analogy for it, which I, I don't know if I can say or not, but it's like being a gynecologist. It's like when you when you see that thing every day for work, it, it stops turning you on. And so so I go to the movies and I just don't care about the graphics. You know, I just doesn't. I, I just want to get into the story. Like when people watch Pixar movies, they don't. People aren't running home saying, "Oh, it was brilliantly rendered," and they're coming home saying how great the the story was and how it moved them or something. So I really wanted to make a film that was a science fiction movie about giant monsters, but ultimately you hopefully you know are affected on an emotional level because of because how you engage with the, the characters in the movie there's more with gareth edwards on his film monsters in a moment and you actually shot it in different locations you actually you know i mean you kept you kept your crew to a minimum and you were able to go to different locations to really add some realism to the film yeah i mean um there's not any green screen sort of shots in the movie or anything like that. I think I think the real trick to doing visual effects is is to try not to use them. Like if you can shoot it all in camera, then do. Only use computer graphics when you can't possibly shoot it for whatever reason. And so every single shot in the movie, even if there's CGI in it, was based on a shot that I was that I filmed whilst we were stood in a real place with real people, imagining it was really there. And there's something. It's so hard to fake about that in the computer that because you get all the limitations and all the annoying things that don't quite work quite right when you're filming for real. And that's good. It makes things feel real. And the problem with computer graphics is you can you can p- finesse it and perfect it so much that it's so perfect by the time it's finished or it's so exactly what the director wants that it just feels fake. And so I kept saying it during the shoot it's like the p- perfect version of this film would be full of imperfection it's like that that's exactly what we were going for and I think you only get that by being in a real place and filming real things talk about your casting and, and your actors and, and essentially what their story is in the film so um, cast the movie I, bet, I mean the whole premise was we wanted to do a realistic monster movie and when I say that what I really mean is that it's amazing how quickly humans adapt to crazy situations. Like, 
I don't know, you, like you've got a mobile phone in your pocket. A hundred years ago, that would have been magic. The idea that you could talk to someone on the other side of the world through a device on your phone would be incredible. But you don't walk, we don't walk around with these phones thinking they're incredible. We're just completely used to it. So if aliens came, um, it would be amazing and incredible for, a, what, I don't know, a month, a year, whatever. And then eventually people would calm down and it'd be normal. And that's where I wanted to set this film, where it was part of everyday life. And so we're going for this realistic feel and... I'd seen this movie with um, basically the distribution company uh, in the UK that financed uh, Monsters. They were also uh, distributing a, a film uh, that starred Scoot McNeary. And he came across really well in this film. It was very low budget, but it looked great. Uh, in Search for a Midnight Kiss, it was called. And I really liked him, but I wanted a genuine couple at the heart of the movie. Because I know one of the inspirations for our film in terms of the character element was... Uh, like lost in translation that sort of thing about how you can be stuck with a member of the opposite sex and it's it's not about what you do it's about what you don't do it's about what you can't do and you can't be together and I much prefer that's a much more poignant like way of doing a, a love story if you will um, than doing um, everyone declaring how much they're in love with each other and all this sort of nonsense and so so I wanted to do the kind of experience that I've had when I've been traveling when you you like someone but you can't say it because it's too a claustrophobic environment that if you come out with it you're going to ruin it all and and so so that was at the heart of this and I wanted a real couple and um, Scoot was like well my girlfriend's an actress you know we could do the movie sort of thing and he sent through her picture and, and, and Whitney is so attractive. She's like, she'd done a few things for like FHM or GQ or whatever the magazines were, a glamour kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want her. Like, she's too perfect. Like, I want to do a realistic film. And and then I met her, and, and she's so not what you expect. And she's, and so she was so keen not to play that kind of role that that I kind of fell in love with Scoot and her. And it was like, God, if I could just get part of these guys on screen. Then, then the, like the one of the hardest problems with this film is fixed, and and so in terms of their characters, I was looking for initially they were going to be backpackers. Like uh, the way that our world works in the film is that it's an annual migration of these creatures. Once a year, they they kind of roughly go through this part of the world as, as they migrate, and they trash accidentally. Um, they attack certain cities and places along the way, and people die. And so it's very much like hurricanes in the way that they catch people out. So the story was going to be about two Americans trying to get back home through this area. And initially it was backpackers. But I started thinking, well, the reality is if you were backpacking, there's no way you would go on this journey. You would just stay put no matter how bad it was. And so I turned one of the guy, the guy into a war photographer. So he's like a photojournalist. And so he wants to go to the problem. He wants to get these pictures. And the reason he's stuck with this girl is because it's his boss's daughter. And so his career hangs on getting this girl back home. But really what he would prefer to be doing is finding these creatures and taking pictures of them and trying to, you know, make his career. And so that was like the initial premise. And then the whole thing basically is, is very much a road movie. It's their journey back to the States as they try to get home. I'll have more with Gareth Edwards talking about his movie Monsters in just a moment. Let's get back now to Gareth Edwards talking about his film Monsters. That's fantastic. And I like the fact that you you know you that you put character development in this in this plot and that you know that the special effects aren't the star of the movie. I think that's so key. Uh, but that being said, how, how much, as far as your effects, being that's your experience, 
How much did you actually design uh, for the film, and did you pretty much use what you thought, or did you make some changes? In terms of the creature design, I didn't. I didn't know what the hell they looked like when we were filming it. I, I had to pretend to the actors I did because they, they're like, "What the hell is this, Gareth? What are we looking at?" And I would, and I felt reassured that when they made Close Encounters, they didn't know what the uh, the mothership looked like or anything like that. So I kind of thought, well, this this is this. You know, if it worked for Close Encounters, it's gonna it's fine for me. And so. Um, it was the biggest thing hanging over me whilst we were in post-production was uh, what the hell do these creatures look like and how the hell am I going to do them and um, I spent all my spare time if I was ever on the phone or just waiting for the editor I'd just doodle little sketches of creatures and I collected hundreds of them and at the end of this whole process I, I shortlisted it to about 140 different images that I liked that I was all happy with and we had the world's craziest beauty pageant where I presented them to the production company and I put them all on the on these boards and we went in and and I wanted them to pick one for me to make because I couldn't see the woods for the trees. It was like which one looks cool, and um, and they couldn't pick either. And so there was one that I that sort of stood out as my favourite. And and so, um, but it's a cliche, but the creatures evolved in the computer. It was what looks good on paper doesn't look good in three dimensions and then what looks good in three dimensions doesn't look good when it's lit Then what looks good when it's lit doesn't look good when it's animated then what looks good when it's animated doesn't look good when it's in the final shot and so it was this chicken and egg constantly going back to the design changing the look and I kept doing this and I was supposed to be doing nearly two shots a day to keep on schedule and I was achieving that over five months um, because there's 250 shots in the film and then I got to my first creature shot and it took two months before I did a single one because of this chicken and egg situation I was just it just took me forever to get to that point where I was like okay that's that creature that's good now as far as your post-production how long did that take? Um, there was eight months pretty much editing and then we picture locked, and then it was five months of me doing the visual effects. Then I guess, you know, the usual kind of month to do sound design and and the grade and the whole final polishing that goes on. And um, But from the day I walked into the production company and said, I want to do a monster movie, to the day we had our world premiere, um, was about a year and a half. And as far as monsters, is it making the film festival circuit, or is there is some showings that are being shown in some of the major markets? I understand. Yeah, we've had we've been we've done really well. We 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 premiered at South by Southwest, and then since then we've you know ended up I've done like Edinburgh, Korea, Rio, Toronto, uh, LA, uh, Torremina, Locarno, uh, Melbourne. You know, it's like the it's the world's. They actually said, the producers kept telling me as we were making it, like, Gareth, anywhere in the world you want to go, you'll get to go. Just pick a film festival, you know. And they've been right. It's just been, it's been the most insane way to travel and meet people. And it's, 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 a, it's a side to filmmaking that I never, ever thought about, which is you think you finish a film, you hand it over, and then you start the next one. But there's this good six-month or so period of promotion and, and doing press interviews and doing film festivals and... It's something I never ever thought about. You know, it's only just occurred to me, and it does affect you a bit, and and it will certainly affect the way I approach the next film. And like, I'll have all my answers ready next time. But, you know, I won't be caught out so easy. Yeah, welcome to the film business. This is what it's all about. Promotion is so much a part of it. But uh, as far as the DVD release, are there some goodies that we'd be able to look for when that happens? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're gonna um, when we were filming, we had. 
a guy flew out for about two weeks and filmed all the load of behind the scenes stuff and we also had little pocket cameras that um, that we shot the whole time so we got a lot of coverage of, of, of all the how we shot the movie and um, I'm going to break down how I did all the visual effects and so I'm not sure how long the making of will be it'll be as much as we can fit on the DVD but um, there's so much to say about how we did this because we approached it quite differently to normal film um, and I just want to I just want to get as much out as we can because, uh, I mean, to me, the biggest success of this film is if it inspires other filmmakers to just pick up a camera and go make a movie because that's what we kind of we did and it, and it completely worked out for us. So, so I'd highly recommend it. Well, I, I, I do too. I think it's a really cool movie and I do like that it's very character driven and not just, you know, a monster wrecking havoc. I've seen some bigger films that go in that direction and I'm, I'm kind of tired of it too. Uh, what's... Is there anything else on the table you have after Monsters that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, when you finish a film, um, what happens is if, if it blips on the radar of Hollywood somehow, if there's like a slight little blip, um, you, you kind of go end up going over. And I, I, I got, um, I was very lucky, on the night of our world premiere, there was a, a gentleman in the audience uh, called Mike Simpson from WME, and, and uh, I ended up getting signed with him, and... Um, and since then, like, it's been non-stop. It's like, uh, I did about a two-week stay in L.A. where I met probably about 100 people. And you literally did, I did 50 meetings. And it's what you've always dreamed of when you're a kid. Like, the idea of going into Universal Studios or Warner Brothers or Paramount or Sony or whatever. And, um, and being a filmmaker and driving into the lot and getting your little badge and walking up to an exec's office and all this sort of thing and it was the most surreal two weeks ever and and off the back of that what happened is I'm basically uh, Timur Bekmabetov who um, the Russian filmmaker who's about to do um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter with Tim Burton and that um, he has been very very kind and supportive and he is financing me to develop and hopefully we'll make uh, the next idea I have which is a science fiction it's a uh, we have a tagline type thing, which is very vague on purpose, which is uh, an epic human story set in a futuristic world without humanity, is what we say. And there's only a few things that can mean. Um, and so uh, as soon as this calms down properly and, and the film is out, I'll hopefully get a chance to sit down and write it for, for proper and we can start trying to make it. Um, certainly, uh, I'm really excited. That's what's so strange is... Is a year ago or whenever it was, like flying over on the plane, the most inspiring thing is like listening to music and walking around. I listen to film soundtracks and I picture films I want to make one day. And just recently it occurred to me, it's like, I could actually make these. You know what I mean? It might actually happen now. And it's so exciting to, to be in a position where, where whatever you picture, maybe you, could, you can go and create it. And, and so... And I hope that what Monsters shows is that even without any Hollywood backing, you can still still go off and make a movie in your mind, you know, um, with just thousands of pounds, not necessarily millions. Well, you're definitely a talent. I mean, you could see that in what I saw. And uh, I'm looking forward to this film and seeing, I think, a whole lot more from, uh, from you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I, you do Twitter a lot, right? I do Twitter. I've been Twittering you a I've lot. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know oh, your logo. You. Oh, thank you. I don't do Twitter. Um, I dare not do it. There's someone on there that is that people think of me is me, and it isn't. I don't know oh, who it okay. is. Okay. But um, I dare not do it, and uh, but I watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a no, spectator. But I have been Twittering you a lot. No, I know. Is it the? It's the kind of circular thing with the. 
like it's a yes. green. Yeah, there it is, right there. There you go. There you go. See, I know this. <laughs> I know this. Okay. That's the one. I'll keep twittering. No, that's great. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I do. I do see it. <laughs> Special thanks to Magnolia Pictures and New York Comic Con. Monsters is available wherever you get your digital content. In addition, of course, he did Rogue One, a Star Wars story as well, and is working on some other projects as we speak. Until next time on Sci-Fi Talk, this is Tony Tolado. Thanks so much for listening.